Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards. Today with me is Josh Humphreys. No special guest today, but we do have some very special scripture that we are going to be covering as we go through the book of Genesis and specifically spend some time talking about Genesis 32 where Jacob wrestles with God and God changes his name to Israel and uh, so many exciting things. What an incredible book of the Bible or chapter in God's Word. Also have some things from Psalms. Uh, we read some amazing Proverbs. We won't get a chance to talk about those, but I hope you will read Proverbs chapter 3 because it's awesome. Uh, and then looking in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, some some pretty, uh, some tragic moments, but things we can draw from in the life of Jesus as he goes through some very difficult times. We will address all this and more on today's episode of Understanding Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast, where Josh and I are going to look at things we've read this week and examine what the Lord is saying through his word as we have meditated upon it. I'm very conscientious about that. I don't, because I, I was, there was a, somebody, we, went to, we were at this Midwest Leadership Summit and some people were talking about this particular author who was talking about how uh, Jesus reveals to her truth outside of God's word, and and uh, and it was like oh, okay, yes. uh, and uh, <laughs> and I uh, so I want to be careful to make sure people understand that when we're reading the word and talking about what God is mm-hmm. saying to us through it, we're really just saying this is what God is revealing through the text. That is always to be uh, tempered with. Mm, yeah, uh, we want. We're we're trying to you know if 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 through greater understanding or through greater study we we understand that the author did not have the intent right. that we are looking at then mm-hmm. we adjust our thinking right. to what the author's intent is. There was a I was reading this book and um I might butcher what he said but what he said was was good um but he said there will always be new things to say but the truth never changes and he was like everything we say is grounded in the word of God and yeah. so. Um, when it says in the in the Bible that everything is profitable for teaching for like everything, no matter right. what timeline it is, no matter what, everything yeah. is grounded from that. And it was just really it was uh, always there. Yeah, it was we just always there. We just didn't right. see it. And yeah. it was so helpful for him to say there will always be more things to say. Yeah. Always, but yeah. it so, never changes. So oh, so getting a phone call. Hello. 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 <laughs> okay. Hello. Anyway, all right. So, so Josh, what truth did I get today? There you um, go. Genesis chapter 32. This is a really cool story, a very interesting story about Jacob wrestling with God. And the first time I read this, I was so confused. Um, but I love this story. And today, um, as I was reading it again, like just reading back over it, um, Genesis 32:29 through 30 says this. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he mm. said, I have seen Peniel. God face to f- What is it? Peniel. Peniel, whatever. I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. And it was like this really cool moment. Like God didn't like, well, it doesn't say that he specifically answered Jacob and said, this is who I am. He doesn't have like this Moses moment mm. of like, I am who I am, like, God doesn't directly respond to him. But in verse 30, Jacob says, I have seen God face to face. Like Mm -hmm. he has this, this like click, this clarity moment of this is God. And it was this moment of like, when we're in God's presence, we know it no matter what, like no matter what, we just know that we're in his presence. Um, And so, yeah, I was just thinking back on my life for the past few years and just understanding like when God is near, when he is speaking to me, I know it's him like, and I know it's true and that nothing shakes that moment. And that was just kind of like, it just stuck out to me today. Like Jacob just knew at that Mm, point. And it was just really, it was super simple. Like he's a clear and consistent God who makes himself known and his truth known through his word. And like, just even through revelations, like when he's wrestling with Jacob, that is, that's, that's such an awesome chapter. Yeah. um, Yeah. You can ask a question, but you're asking a question about that later. Right. Um, no, I don't remember. It seems like that probably was, like yeah. about Christophanies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. We can yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Uh, because I don't want to go any deeper into it if we were going to talk about it later. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll save it for later. Okay. We'll save it. Even if you don't, we'll bring it up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I was looking at Matthew chapter 12, uh, verses 14 through 16. It says, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Yet he warned them not to make him known. And I was mm. struck by how much happens yeah. in those three verses. Oh, my gosh. First, you have the Pharisees revealing that they have more faith in their self-righteous agenda than they do in the revelation of Christ. Right. Um, they are, and so they, they're very upset that Jesus is messing up their plan. Um, they have, they have come to the conclusion that their efforts are what are going to usher in the coming of the kingdom. And then the kingdom shows up and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, you've, this is not, no, 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 no. We already have a plan. Yeah. (laughs) So don't, so no, no, stop talking about a different plan because we already have a plan. Yeah. And, and so they, and so they, so they hate Christ and they have to get rid of him. Um, and sometimes when you have to remember when we have predetermined God's response, well, he can't teach us anything. (laughs) Humility (laughs) is the soil of growth. It is, it is really coming to a place where I understand that I come to God and really say, God, I don't know anything. And so I just need you to kind of fill in my blanks. I, I have a blank sheet of paper here. Show me how this is supposed to go. Whenever I have something written on the paper, then any discussion, anything I'm reading, I'm reading it through that lens. Mm, I'm yeah. saying, okay, th- th- you have to fit my my presuppositions uh, have to be correct. So therefore, God, you have to fit within this mm. framework. And if he doesn't, then I then he can't I can't go anywhere. Um, Matthew implies that Jesus didn't immediately know their intent, but came to know it. Um, so this is in keeping with Jesus limiting his own omniscience uh, throughout his earthly life. One of the tough things, uh, one of the first pictures I had of Jesus in my mind growing up was that Jesus had this uh, incredible ability to read everybody's minds, that he had all the knowledge of God. And yet as you read what is revealed to us in the New Testament, there are things that Jesus does not know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, I remember somebody saying, well, you know, he didn't know how to speak he didn't know how to speak when he was born. Right. You know, so you don't have this super baby uh, who when he was <laughs> born. You no, know, he had to learn to walk. He had to learn mm-hmm. to uh, do all the things that we have to learn to do. So if he's having to learn, uh, therefore, that means his knowledge is limited. And and we, we see in Philippians even that Jesus did, he did humble himself. He did limit himself in his humanity yeah. so that he could mm-hmm. walk through this life as us. So. So when you're when you're thinking about that, that means that there are many moments where Jesus is having conversations and so forth, and isn't uh, knowing just by by the fact that he knows everything, knowing what they're thinking, that it is it is a revealing uh, to him as well that the Holy Spirit is interacting with yeah. Jesus as the Holy Spirit interacts with us. Mm. Um, now Jesus has a perfect interaction with the Holy Spirit and also and, and sees things. Obviously his eyes are where, always where they're supposed to be, always doing what he's supposed to be doing, always thinking what he's supposed to be thinking. And we have so much more, we are so much more flawed than that. But still, this knowledge, this information, this this base of eternal uh, understanding, eternal wisdom, eternal knowledge, uh, that the Holy (coughs) Spirit does have this. Mm. And we have access uh, to that uh, infinite amount of information. So, and he will reveal to us everything we need to know in any particular uh, situation. So, but, but also to remember that Jesus purposefully did this so that he would be interacting as as man as opposed to um with uh, his full the full um understanding that god would have in in his um in the godhead um masses of people followed him hoping to be healed uh that's it says he withdrew from there yet great multitudes uh followed him um and this, you would think that the response would be, please stop following me. <laughs> I'm trying to be obscure at this particular point. Uh, instead, he heals them all and then just gives them a warning <laughs> of saying, okay, this, I'm going to heal you, but this, this is not going to be in line with, you know, what's uh, the, the outcome I'm looking for if you, if you try to uh, tell everyone. And, they, and they, of course they do. Uh, and he allows for that. So it's it's a constant. We see God constantly saying, "I know you're going to react the wrong way, um, but I'm still going to tell you the right way you need to react." 
but I'm going to account for the fact that you're going to handle this the wrong mm. way. Um, yeah. And uh, but the the bigger thing is that God is revealing something about His nature, and this is something that we talk about all uh, I talk about all the time, but I never know who needs to hear it for this particular day, and maybe you need to hear it for this particular day, and that is it is in God's nature to heal. That means that when you pray, God heal me if you desire to understand God always desires to heal mm. always there's never an account in which God's like mm, I'm not really feeling like healing somebody today he always heals so if you have prayed for healing and you have not received it it is not that he does not have the desire for you to be healed it's that he has a purpose in the suffering that you are currently going mm, through yeah and he has delayed your healing for his greater glory um, that would be like the instance of Lazarus, and we have that right. revealed. He he had the power to heal Lazarus, not when he got there, but from where he was. We know he has the power to heal over distance. So the moment he became aware that Lazarus was sick, he could have healed Lazarus in that moment, right. but he did not. He allowed Lazarus to be sick. He allowed Lazarus to die, mm -hmm. and then so that God could reveal his greater glory, but then showed no, it is still my will for Lazarus to be healed yeah. and uh, and to display the power that I have. So so we know this. So so if we know that this is God's nature and his desire, then then always praying for healing is always the right thing to do. Yeah. It's just an understanding that God's answer is going to be, yes, I, I, I am going to heal the person you are praying for to be healed, but I'm going to do it in my own time, in my own way, for my greatest for the greatest glory. And, and we say that we throw this around. We say, well, I prayed for healing and they died. And it's like, well, then you, you're having a Lazarus experience. Yeah. That, you, you, that person is buried, grave, cremated, whatever. But at some point, God is still going to restore them and give them a new body that is completely healed and restored. Mm -hmm. because, and we say, well, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And this is what Mary and Martha were saying. Yeah, 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 we get it. Ultimately, we're all going to live forever and so forth and the kingdom to come. And, and he's like, you don't understand it. The kingdom has come. Yeah. I, the resurrection is here. I am right. the resurrection. Right. right. Uh, and so that's uh, so it's not something you're waiting to take place. Uh, it has arrived. Mm. And and so in, in Jesus's. So when Jesus resurrects from the dead, he's basically it's the signal that the age of resurrection has now arrived for all of us. So. So again, when, when so when you're sick or you see somebody uh, in whatever going through whatever, Jesus's word is is that I I will heal you if that is in keeping for my greatest glory mm -hmm. for what you are doing. But obviously, um, if you don't have anything else to do here, if it does not serve my purpose for you to continue to to breathe on this planet and and keep this body, mm -hmm. then I'm going to take you to where I can give you a new body. Yeah. And, uh, think, and restore you. I think people just always, and this kind of goes into what I'm about to say, but I want to hold myself real quick and just say this. Like, mm -hmm. the Bible tells us that the Lord does not withhold good things from us. Like, for one, because he loves us. And number two, like, he wants us to love him more. And um, I think about, I think it's Psalm 130, I don't know, Psalm mm -hmm. something, but the I will wait for you Psalm. Like, that is so good. Um, like waiting on God is precious. And I think <laughs> Troy knows and the listeners who of you who don't know for the past since June of 2021, I have been wrestling with this thought mm. of school, of education, of life, of purpose, like just day in and day out, like over and over and over again. And daily ask the Lord, Lord, just show me what to do, where to go, how to live. like consistently asking him so much and have been getting from June until even now, like just zilch, like nothing um, from him, but uh, like answers to the questions that I have. However, as I look back now um, and have the Lord has revealed to me why he's done this is like, I treasure patience so much right now, like, and clarity, like both of those things come from the Lord in his timing and it's waiting on him for that. And it reminded me of this. There's a song, I think their band name is called Carrollton. I don't really know, but they have a song called more now. And it talks about, um, the beginning, the, the first verse of the song is him just talking about all these troubles that he's had in his life. Um, and he is a Christian 
but it gets to the chorus and and then at the end of it he he just says i believe in you more now Mm -hmm. and it's just like that's like where i'm at too it's like although i don't have an answer to any (laughs) honestly any question for my future like i still trust god more than ever like now because i know that he does provide and he does have answers and clarity like but it's on him it's not on me to decide those things Mm. and that has been like super great um but to kind of like go along with what we're talking about um psalm 9 um 7 through 8 says this but the lord reigns forever executing judgment from his throne he will judge the world with justice and rule the nations with fairness and you're probably wondering okay how is josh connecting all of that in his brain But I want to point out in these verses that um, a lot of the times, like, specifically here in 7 and 8, like, we don't realize this, but we have a lot of trust issues with God. Like, we don't trust him a lot. And we can say, oh, I trust in the Lord and, like, all that stuff. Because, like, I say that, like, because I do, number one, I do trust in the Lord. But if we dive deep down in ourselves, like, Mm. we can find a lot of mistrust um, and just things that are wrong about God. Um, so like this, um, this week when I was reading this, I was reading this verse and it says he rules the nations with fairness and he will judge the world with justice. And like, I felt deep in me, this, like this question of God's character of like, okay, but is he really like, is that who he really is? Like, I feel like, um, whether we, I mean, honestly, it was kind of what Eve did this, God's deceiving me. He's hiding something from me. Um, he's not really all that good, but he's hiding his goodness from me. And there's, you know, skeletons in his closet or whatever. And when I read that, I just felt that that pull um, of my flesh being like, he's he's forsaking you. He's deceiving you. There are things about him that you do not know. And those things that you do not know about him are actually evil and they're not good, which is what he reveals himself to be. And I was reading that and it was just like, wow, we deceive ourselves so much. Like my flesh had me convinced deep down that that God is not good and that I cannot trust him. But then I feel the spiritual warfare on the side of it. My spirit saying that is false. Like that is. And it reminded me that's what that's why Eve fell. Like Mm -hmm. she believed the Lord was deceiving her. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong. Like that is not who God reveals himself to be. This right here in verse seven, eight, he rules the nations with fairness and he completes judgment with just or whatever. He's just and fair. Um, that's who he is. And that's who his word reveals him to be, not the other way around. Yeah. And it's like, man, even when we read the Bible, we call the question God's character all the time. And so, I don't know, be tentative to what your heart is telling you, because a lot of the times it can be wrong. <laughs> because, well, it us, yeah. yeah, just I mean, it's literally deception yeah. from satan and and we are so easily deceived mm-hmm. and and one of the things we're so easily deceived about is how easily we are deceived yeah <laughs> no we, really we, we continue to think oh no 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 i got this this time right i figured it out it's yeah like, mm-hmm. no no you're no. the same same deceptive heart you've always yeah had. right yeah. which is crazy like yeah i always remind myself when i've i've tried i try to remember times when i thought something so clearly it's always yeah. it's always good to remember a time when you thought something absolutely had to be this way and it wasn't mm-hmm. well after it's kind of like learning a magic trick after the fact you think oh yeah yeah i knew that i knew that all the time yeah. but you didn't no <laughs> you didn't and you had no idea uh my son and i were in uh, las vegas and we were uh he loves he was loves magic stores and so forth so we were going to these different magic stores and this guy showed us this trick where this card was flo- spinning and, f- and it was had this card floating in the air and spinning around and so forth. It was a close-up magic. So I mean, yeah. you're looking right at it and right. you're staring at it thinking, how is he doing this mm-hmm. or whatever? And it's like, and he's like, do you want to know how I did it? And I'm like, absolutely. So it was 20 bucks. So basically you're buying the trick for 20 bucks. Right. So he takes it to the back room and uh, I'd be glad to tell you what he showed us for 20 bucks. Um, oh <laughs> but, uh, but he showed it to us within, I mean, 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, you think it's going to take like 25 minutes to really go through all the technical right. aspect. 30 seconds, he wow. shows us this trick. And once you see it, it's like, oh my gosh, that was just so simple. And then once yeah. you see it, you can't unsee it. I mean, right. like now you know it. Right. And, uh, but, uh, but you know, it, it did, you, there is some skill that has to be learned in doing it. So, for, so you learn the trick or whatever, and you would do it and impress your friends or whatever. Yeah. And 
uh, and they would always be like, oh my goodness, how are you doing that? You know, so forth. Right. And you're thinking, wow, it's, just, it's like you really can't see it. It's yeah. like you can't, if someone is good at it, and if there's anybody who's good at doing that, yeah. Satan is. Right. He is oh, so yeah. good at, at understanding redirection and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting you to focus on that which, you know, I'm just saying the same thing twice. Yeah. It's focusing on what you, you know, on, on what he doesn't want right. you to see and looking at what he wants you to see. Yeah. And, and also just believing a lie. And, yeah. and it's, uh, and, and we all get duped. We hate it that mm-hmm. we get duped. But if you just wake up every morning and think, I'm going mm-hmm. to be duped today. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be distracted, just, you know, whatever. And so I, so that, that takes you to the word, drives you to the word. So it's like, okay, 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 give, align my thoughts, get, get me where I need to be. Have me looking at what I need to be looking at, thinking what I need to be thinking according to you. And when mm-hmm. you don't do that, when you don't have that time with the Lord, when you don't have him align your thoughts, yeah, mm-hmm. you're already your goose is already cooked. Yeah. You're you're already you're already thinking what you and and if and if and if you're listening to us today and you have not done this for days, weeks, mm-hmm. months, absolutely right. there's a lot of things that you are mm. not seeing as they need to be seen. Yeah. There's so much like just within like Satan's deception. Like I, I don't remember what word it was when I was studying into the Hebrew of it in Genesis three. It was either serpent or it was he whispered to Eve or something like that. Mm. And it was like when I read what the like where that derives from it was like this mystical whisper and it's Mm. like ooh, that sounds scary like don't listen to that but also like the thing about like deceiving ourselves that's why i said be tentative to what your heart is telling you because whether you know it or not you're asking questions about god's character all the time when you're reading like all the time so when i was reading this this morning whether i knew it or not and i caught it but it was me saying "Uh, i don't think that he actually rules it with fairness like i like felt that inside of me. So like be tentative to what you're saying and ask yourself questions because that's so important. And that's also the importance of living and reading the Bible and speaking to people in community within the local church, because people call that out in you. And like, whether you know it or not, that you just have discussions about this. And that's why it's important because we need people to sharpen us. And if we're left to our own devices, just like Eve, when she was by herself in the garden, we tend to fall because we're not strong. I'm going to share something from Matthew chapter 14. Okay. Speaking of the fall. Um, let me just going to give you a setup here because I don't want to just read the verses I have down here because it's uh, this is where um, John the Baptist uh, was in jail and Herod, uh, we're given the story in Matthew where Herod is uh, throwing this type of party and his... Um, his daughter is dancing, and uh, and she, and he's and he, they're so pleased with the dance that he offers her whatever she wants. Yeah. And so she goes to her mother to ask what she should ask for, mm-hmm. and the mother says to, uh, "I want the head of John the Baptist," uh, because she hated John the Baptist. And, and a little precursor to that is that John the Baptist had pointed out their sin that mm. they were that they were married illegally or whatever it was kind of his sister that he had married and uh and so so he was just saying that you know what you've done here is uh, you know, I, I can't remember the compli- it's a little bit complicated but it was an immoral act that he had done and in their marriage was an immoral act uh and so um john the baptist had pointed it out and so she hated him and so <laughs> this is her chance to get back, get back. and, and yeah. but but uh herod didn't want the only reason john the baptist is still alive is because he was popular and and he was scared of him and scared of mm. you know that uh, that he had power that uh, he didn't know about so um it says and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl and she brought it to her mother and then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told jesus um and i think about this this is just such a sad sequence of yeah. events first of all you think about it in real life and it's that, odd that this is a girl who now has been given a severed head and you think about a child with a severed head and is, taking that. It doesn't like, doesn't say, yeah. Okay. But you but you have the idea that she's yeah. a teenager maybe. Right. I mean, but still, what a horrific horrific moment that that you have people who would cut a head off a human being and then take the head and then present it on a platter, you know, and that this would be something that would bring some type of glee to yeah, people it's is just so so sad and so so she delivers this gruesome gift to her mother which is infinitely appalling um and then you see the 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 horror of humanity 
trapped inside of Satan's system of wealth and power. Mm. The fact that they are, there's such a darkness to them, one that they would think that this is, this is what I want done, and I have the power to do it, and so in this man's life, and do so in this way, and that will make me happy. And to think that people live in that twisted world where happiness oh. is gained through such abomination. And, and yet, obviously, that's not an, it's not an old thing. It's not a new thing. It's mm-hmm. just an ever-present thing mm. as, long as, um, as long as you have Satan. So you have that world of power. And then in the very next verse, uh, you have the contrast of that. You see the helplessness of disciples of Christ and well, of God, really, because uh, mm. they were followers of John the Baptist, not really following Jesus at this point, but... Um, but but the helplessness of being faithful to God, mm-hmm. and in this world system of power, here your leader is imprisoned, and you're mm-hmm. like get a, praying for his release, and he is released, but in the most in the most horrifying of ways, and and all you can do is just sorrowfully go get his body right. and bury it, and think mm-hmm. of that, uh, and you think of that as being a family member, a friend, and right. having that happen to him, and the tragedy of that. And 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 the God, why would you allow this to happen? Thing, mm-hmm. and then they go to Jesus, and and I, I think about how many times you think, oh my goodness, I wish Jesus were here with us right, right. now, and how much better life would be. Well, they're with Jesus. I mean, there's yeah. how much better. I mean, and yet Jesus is right there, present in their world, mm. and yet they go through the tragedy and. I mean, first of all, think of how John the Baptist felt. Oh, Jesus is here. You know, the Messiah has come, and now he's in prison. Mm. And thinking, well, surely God will release me. And then he's beheaded. And how his disciples, how they lost that. And what's even greater is that even Jesus is, like, sorrowful over this, Mm. you know, and retreats, you know, to kind of, he's told this, and he retreats to get away. Uh, is what you know the rest of the story is shared in scripture Jesus retreats to get away by himself and they and the crowds follow him yeah. the crowds oblivious to the pain <clears throat> that he's experiencing yeah. you have this this relative mm. uh, friend faithful follower someone who later he says there's been no one better, better born than John, than John yeah. the Baptist and yet he's dealing with all this grief he retreats by himself all the multitudes follow him and uh, and then um, but to, but to think that Jesus okay Jesus is here he's present he gets the news that Herod has done this to John the Baptist Jesus has the power to go and behead Herod right he has the power to yeah. take Herod out but he doesn't he doesn't, he doesn't seek Herod out mm. he doesn't seek to destroy him he doesn't yeah. seek to uh, he doesn't seek out Herod's wife to kill them right and and I I, I was meditating on that so why would he not and the reason is they're already dead mm. why would you seek out the dead wow. to kill them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're they mm-hmm. are dead in their trespasses and sins. If Jesus does nothing, they're going to hell for all eternity. And yet, what his response is is not to do nothing, but to sacrifice himself so that they and everyone who is like yeah. them has the opportunity to become alive. Mm. And and you start thinking that. That really is, that's how he is thinking about all of us. Yeah. All you are are, are a people who ultimately want to see me dead. Mm. And yet I love you as you are and want to give you the opportunity for life. And if you will just simply repent of that, if you'll turn mm. away from that, if you'll say, if you'll recognize that the way you're going is going to lead to your death and you and you desire life, all you have to do is say, I'm, I'm stop trying to kill me and, and desire to mm. live with me. And then if you desire to live with me, you can live with me. If you don't want to live with me, obviously you don't have to, but you're already dead, mm. you know, in that in that regard. Um, but he retreats in his sorrow and the sorrow uh, of his humanity. Uh, you know, this is this is where it really has to bite to be human. And because you're not, uh, he's left this omniscience. He's left, left, this, left this omnipotence and this omnipresence uh, that he had when as the son of God uh, in the eternal trinity. He has put that stuff aside so he can be in his humanity, and here he has, he has the powerlessness of yeah. of being human mm. in this world system uh, that Satan has offered to give him the power yeah. to overcome. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, think it's about the Satan's, of Matthew. Satan's, o- says, you know, Satan's offer is, is yeah. you don't like these guys, Herod, and like I'll, I'll put you above them, yeah. and they and now they will answer to your beck and call, and Jesus rejects that, mm. um, and so all this all this has to be on top of him. 
Um, but here's what uh, really amazes me. Um, the masses who are oblivious to this and ignorant of the pain that he's going through come to him, seeking him, and so we're seeking seeking the power of the Holy Spirit. They're wanting the God in him. They're not they don't need his humanity. They have that. They they want the God that is in him and um and he heals them. Mm-hmm. And so the spirit prevails in him and he gives them the God that is in mm-hmm. him, the Spirit of God. He not only heals them, but he feeds them. Mm-hmm. And he asked the disciples to do so. He said, feed these people and they're like, mm-hmm. we can't we can't feed them. And and he's and he's showing them, you know, in my in my brokenness, in my sorrow, with the power of the Holy Spirit within me, I have the ability to feed mm-hmm. all these people. And and the message to us is is that is true for us. In and our brokenness, in the brokenness of our humanity, God can still minister to others, God mm-hmm. can still use us, God can still do miraculous things through us because it's not in us. It's in the power of his Holy Spirit that mm-hmm. these things are accomplished. And so when we are at our worst and when we are at our greatest failures, when we're at our weakest moments, God still has the power to shine and do and still mm-hmm. bless the world yeah. of others and, and receive greatest glory for that. Yeah. And that doesn't negate any of those like mm-hmm. feelings or like grief. Like I think that a lot of the times Christians <laughs> are like, don't be sad ever. Mm-hmm. Like, don't feel grief. That is sinful. Like, ah, they get mad. Like we see Jesus like, like grieving and it's not because he's like sad or anxious. I'm sorry. It's not because he's anxious or like worrying. Like he just like does not like what sin has done to his people. Like that moment when Lazarus dies and we, the shortest verse, my Jesus wept. That's like a big moment on the character of God. Like that makes him upset. Death is not a good thing. And I remember like, I'm, so my grandma passed away um, in July, and uh, this sounds super morbid, but it's very helpful for this illustration of like my. So I walked in the house when um, my family was all there, and my grandma's body was on was on the floor, and I remember like sitting and just looking at her and being like, "This is not good. Like, mm. this is not my grandma. Like that." that body right there like that's not her and I know like for the first time forever like I felt the weight of death and like why that this is not what God wanted like at all and then I also had this moment of like in this brokenness and in this darkness I was Mm -hmm. like but that's not her like that's just her body like she's not here like and she's wanted to be with the Lord for so long and knowing in that moment, like when I was in that grief of like, she's gone, the Lord saying, I have her like, that's a shell of like who she is, but her soul, her spirit, she's still there. And it was like that moment of like, I'm sitting in grief right now. Like I'm looking at her body right now, but God like showed me like, that's not her. Like, but it was crazy. Like sin caused that. Yeah. And it was like a beautiful moment in the midst of like like her being dead right there you know what i mean you know i i had when i was reading this this is something that stuck out to me was that um you know if you've ever been with people who are dying and so forth and they call and when they say we've called in hospice Mm -hmm. when you've called in hospice what that means is that you you've submitted to the dying process and they are going to try to remove pain Mm -hmm. and feed you and as I was looking at Jesus healing the multitudes and yeah. feeding the 5,000, I thought, oh my goodness, he is our hospice caregiver. Mm. He literally just came into this world and was trying to alleviate suffering and provide food. Mm. But and, and we stay in that place until we receive his resurrection power, until the power of the Holy Spirit yeah. comes. At Pentecost, that changes everything. Right. And right. we go from being people who are just trying to be sustained in this world to people who recognize, oh wait a second, I have an eternal life to come. Right, so, right. so this world is no. So mm-hmm. we rise up out of that, and now the power of the Holy Spirit fills us. And and this is why I said we are dying people, and Jesus is our hospice caregiver until we receive the miraculous cure of His resurrection power. He does not give this care in person, but through the body of Christ of believers mm. empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so we are. Uh, that's um, when we recognize that we are. Um, um, 
when we are we are followers of Jesus Christ, when we submit to being followers of Jesus Christ, what that makes us is it now we take on that mission of Christ. Yeah. We now care for the dying of the world mm-hmm. and uh, try to remove their pain and suffering and try to um, give them uh, food and and take care of their things. This is this is the ministry of Christ mm-hmm. and and drawing them to Him yeah. so that we can say, okay, now now we want you to step into life mm-hmm. into resurrection. Oswald Chambers calls it what's called a white funeral. And what he means by that is that there has to be a moment in every person's life where we just go ahead and die. Yeah. Yeah. And then once we go ahead and die, now we can really begin to live Mm -hmm. and start on our eternity. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, this world's over. Now I'm going to begin to live as though I'm already where I'm going. And, uh, and live in that life. And then it's just a matter of trans- transitions. You know? mm, so. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, good deal. Well, thanks for being uh, listening. And so far, we got some questions we're going to deal with uh, when we return. address some questions that come out of the reading and as always we love when you send us questions and we are going to give you those email addresses troy at fbcj.us or or josh Josh at at fbcj.us send us a question and we will deal with it we will address it Mm -hmm. we'll tell you what we what we discover anyway and um and we we know a lot of people if we if we can't discover the answer ourselves we know people who are very yeah. good and we're not afraid to say we don't know mm-hmm. that's so, true because there's some things we don't know speaking of not knowing yeah. um sometimes i ask questions on the podcast that i already know the answer to but i think they would be helpful mm-hmm. for our listeners but these two questions i have today troy i literally do i have no answer for them awesome at all um oh, cool. and it all derives out of genesis chapter 32 this interaction yeah. with um this mysterious man yeah. and jacob who he wrestles with um so the, the first one is um god who we know this mysterious figure to be mm-hmm. um literally says what is your name jacob responds i'm jacob and then he's like what's your name and he's like you're no longer going to be called jacob your name is going to be israel mm-hmm. and so my question is god is in this business of like renaming right. um he does it to abram and sarah sarai to abraham and sarah mm-hmm. um and he does it I think a few other times, but now my brain has no idea where it's at. Um, but here is, a, is another perfect example from Jacob to Israel. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the significance of the name Israel, that because mm-hmm. we know that that is the people of God, whatever. But, like, why is he renaming people? Yeah. What's the point? Well, I, I think a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, we talked about this when we talked about the book of Revelation, how he knows each of us by name. Uh, how we how we always talk about how God knows our name, yeah. Um, and we make this assumption that we're talking about the name that we have given ourselves or that was given to us. Yeah. But the reality is, is that when God says He knows our name, He knows who we really are. He, you know, we don't uh, typically. I mean, just think about it. There are times when God that says, "And you will name time. him this," like Jesus, for instance, the, Yeshua. But He came and said, "This is going to be His name," because God knows His name. Uh, God knows our name, but our parents aren't always getting that message from the Lord. And I don't know about your parents, but my parents didn't have this moment where they had an angel in a back room and they go <laughs> name him Troy. It's just like, but uh, but to reality, but I, I believe I and I believe this. I believe God knows who I really am. He knows mm. my name. Wow. And uh, and so when uh, and so I, I kind of have this hope of that. You know, from now on, you're not you for you know your parents named you Troy, and you've been going by that. But I will call you this, and because mm. this is who you are, this is who your name is, and, and so there's that idea. There's also the, the understanding that there is a meaning in the names that mm. we have, and it is. And for like Abraham, for instance, like this is who you were up to now, but yeah. this is who you are going to be from this point forward, which is really the same thing, uh, because we are we are basically because we understand we're born again a new creation and uh, we're a new creation and so a new creation has a new name and uh and so that's uh that's the um the i think i think that's what's happening here is that uh jacob meaning the supplanter or whatever uh and uh you know this is who you were but now i'm going to call you israel which the name root of the name really means god fights and 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 here he's had this fight with god mm-hmm. and uh but and and it's kind of a two-sided thing it's yeah. like god is one who fights 
with us, but God is one who also fights, fights for, for us. us. And and so he's and that's really Israel in a nutshell, yeah, you know, as far as yeah. not just you, but the nation that is going to Whoa. come from you. This is the relationship I'm going to have with you for now on. So when we say that we are the church is the new Israel or whatever, which are fine, which is a fine conclusion to come to, mm. because it's still the same principle that God is one who fights with us uh, when we contend um. with Him, but He's also one who fights for us and. And, and God, of course, knows us. He knows mm. uh, he's revealing something. This is who you think you are. This is who I know you to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what an amazing moment those are. And that, super intimate. Yeah. And and it's one of those that uh, that he blesses Jacob in. He right. says, you took oh hold gosh, of me. Yeah. And uh, and really, Jacob wins a fight with God. Uh, and, and it's important because this is really uh, kind of a, uh, a, a important thing to, to take away from this. Uh, because like, how could Jacob defeat God? You know, how can yeah. he win a fight? How can he right. win a fight with God? Uh, well, you can't if God lets you win, and 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 that's what is happening here. Is is uh, you know, G- Jesus gives us illustrations of this about a guy who comes and knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks, and sometimes, and he says just for the sheer wanting, you know, uh, wanting to stop knocking, uh, that uh, that the guy would relent, mm-hmm. and he and he's giving that illustration about God, you know, and he's saying if a human would do this, well, then God will do this too. And and sometimes what God is saying is I'm looking for people who seek me with such vigor, with yeah. such zeal mm. that they grab hold of me and they will not let go. Mm. And, I, and, and that is such a powerful illustration of I am going to grab hold of you and I will not let go until you bless me. Yeah. And uh, and we see this. Uh, a, a, another illustration is when the woman who comes to Jesus, the Syrophoenician woman who comes to Jesus mm, and yeah. says, I want you to heal my daughter. And he's like, I came for Israel. I didn't come for you people outside mm. the nation of Israel. And she's like, well, you know, and so you came for, I came for the, I didn't come for the dogs, you know, basically. Mm. And she's like, well, even dogs get crumbs from the master's table. Mm. And he's like, wow. He said, yeah. I, and he's because of that kind of faith, you know, yeah. you know, your daughter's here. Or right. whatever he's. I've seen. I don't see that kind of faith in mm-hmm. Israel. Right. And 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 so you see that that God mm-hmm. is response to that. Uh, I I want you so badly. Mm-hmm. I will not to, let go. Yeah. Uh, it's that tenacity. That's, that's yeah. again. Last night we were talking about prayer, and that was the thing. Mm-hmm. That was my response was because they were like, "Why do we pray?" And I was like, uh, "I don't necessarily have like a full answer, but mm-hmm. I can tell you that one of the most." beautiful ways to pray and a consistent way to pray is to throw and it sounds really violent when i say but like throw god's promises back in his face and say Mm. you promised this would happen you Mm. promised to save you promised to redeem where is that like consistent like because like we see that all the time in our lives like we're asking for help um but we're just like help us (sighs) and it's like no he promised to like and say lord you promise this, like that consistent knocking. Yeah. Yeah. It's that it's, it's getting to that place where you're like, I am going to die if you do not help me. I think uh, one of the, one of the clear pictures, another clear illustration we have of that is Peter. When Peter is walking on water or whatever, feeling pretty full of himself at the moment (laughs) and then begins to sink because of the trials, it's just simply a simple Mm. uh, three word prayer. Lord, save me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Jesus does, and uh, and because there's you know there's these places in life it's like oh god really whoo i could really need some help today mm-hmm. and it's like oh god yeah. please i really need you to step in yeah and then you get to a place where it's like okay god i'm i believe i'm going yeah. to die if you yeah. don't do something and then boom there he is yeah. and and you know people always say he wasted the very last minute it's like yeah he waits to the moment where you really believe where you it, where you believe yeah, you cannot save yourself, and mm-hmm. I have to have God to do this, That's because so cool. then you know it's God. You know, mm-hmm. when there's any ounce left of you thinking, mm, I may, I may able to pull this out on my yeah. own. I think I can, I think Tough I can do this. Out. Well, he's gonna let you do it. He's gonna, he's like, oh, you still think you can do this, so I'm gonna leave it there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's how our faith is established. That's how our faith is built. That's how our faith is strengthened mm-hmm. uh, by by getting to the place. And and Jacob, you know, God touches his hip and, and his hip is dislocated. And so now you just see you have a desperate man mm-hmm. who's like, I, I need I need your blessing. I'm not anything apart from your blessing. This isn't this isn't a Jacob who's lying and deceiving to mm-hmm. get a blessing. This is a Jacob who's desperate for a blessing. Yeah. And and God says, OK, I, I will give it to you, mm-hmm. you know. 
Yeah. So we're talking about this interaction with God. Mm. And usually when we speak of God, we think of God as this like big old light beam or Isaiah six in the Mm -hmm. throne room in this mess or we think of Jesus or we think of this invisible thing that we cannot see. But here uh, and many times in the Bible, we're introduced to this, whether it be angel of the Lord or this mysterious person Mm -hmm. or whatever. And we have this understanding that this is God. This is right. his presence. And that's what in the theological world we would call a Christophany or a or something else too. Well, there's a theophany. Is a, a theophany and a Christophany, a, right. A theophany is simply when God manifests himself in a uh, in some way that's tangible to the human mm-hmm. senses. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Christophany is when it is the same thing but Christ himself right. that is being revealed. So then the question is... W- when we speak of Christophany and we we think of this as this pre-incarnate Christ, mm-hmm. what is that because of the Trinity and God the Son was not created, right. yet Jesus was like a human. And so there was a creation moment of Jesus. Uh, and, and what does it mean when we say things like he took on humanity? Who is God the Son and how does it all work in the Trinity and Christophanies and all that fun stuff? And there's a little, and I, I hate trite little ways to say this, but there is a little way that we always told children how to deal with the Trinity. And it is um, Father God is the God who will always be. Um, Jesus is the God, only God I can see. And the Holy Spirit is the God who lives in me. Um, mm. And uh, and they, when you think of it as in the Son of God is being the manifestation of God that is visible to us that mm. we can see, touch, hear, you know, um, that, uh, and so, so that's why when you think of the ex- the time when there's a there's someone in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm. You see the uh, the in the burning bush, God is speaking to Moses, so he hears a voice. Uh, you have Abraham when there are three men who come to him, and mm. one of them is. Uh, as the as God, mm-hmm. um, and and so these are so two two angels and the guy the two angels are the one who go to Sodom and Gomorrah and then the third one is the one who stays with and and there are attributes given to this person that are not angelic attributes mm-hmm. meaning they are the attributes of God and so you only God has the attributes of God uh, so uh, so then we say well it's an appearance of God mm-hmm. and uh, it's so when we say pre-incarnate Christ we're just simply saying uh, before Jesus was born in a manger uh, there were times when there was a person a human being or God manifest himself as a human um, before Jesus mm-hmm. appeared. Uh, he also did it after his ascension. We have the Apostle Paul several, uh, a few oh, right. a, a few times when Jesus appears. Um, and I used to think that that was the only one, but they're not. There are actually a, f- a couple of other instances in Acts when uh, God manifests himself and uh, Jesus manifests himself in person. Um, and um, the uh, so, you, so you have this. Does he still do it? I don't know. I mean... I, I mean, can it happen? He's God. I mean, he can <laughs> do what he wants. Do what he wants. <laughs> um, but it will be in keeping with the word that right. he's already given, meaning he won't come and give us a new revelation. He's because mm. he said this is the revelation until it's fulfilled, mm. and it has not been fulfilled. So um, that's why I don't think the Mormon revelation is a true revelation. I think it's a false revelation uh, that Joseph Smith received, and so forth. Same with Islam. You know, Muhammad's revelation that he received, false revelation uh, that he received, mm. and so forth. These are not. Um, these are not accounts that are in keeping with the the message that he's already mm. given. They're completely different accounts. Uh, they're transformative, and so um, and Paul says, you know, if you should receive a gospel other than one we already have, uh, you know, that per- even if it was an angel, uh, let him be accursed. And in both of those instances, it was an angel who brought mm. that message. It wasn't. Um, while Joseph Smith purports to have encounters with Jesus as the Son of God, uh, it was an angel who gave him the message, you know, at false gospel, so to speak. So, hmm. um, test the spirit. It's uh, yeah, ex- exactly. So, so yes, um, I, I, but these are events recorded in Scripture that mm. um, that uh, God gives. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just so everybody else knows who's listening, <laughs> the Trinity. As much as we try to understand it, we just can't. Because <laughs> even as Troy said that, I'm like, well, yeah, that's yeah, I know, I know, you know. But it's well, like the Trinity is it's not. Just, people say the Trinity is not in the Bible. It's and no, we're nowhere in the Bible is the word Trinity ever mentioned. Right, right. The the example I want to I give to everybody when they ask me that question. I said when Jesus was being baptized, mm-hmm. um, as he's as the man is being baptized in the water, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the Father speaks from heaven. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And the scripture is clear that there are three distinct persons interacting mm-hmm. in the same moment. The person in the being baptized is not the person speaking. The person who is descending from heaven is not the one in the water and not the person speaking. Mm-hmm. So you have three distinct persons. Yeah. Now elsewhere, these are communicated to us. Jesus says, I'm going, I'm going, I am going away, but I'm sending to you mm-hmm. someone else, yeah. a comforter. So you have Jesus distinguishing himself from this. And uh, and, uh, and it was Augustine who went and, and put together basically our, our primary theology of the Trinity mm-hmm. and understanding the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And we just kind of lean on that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But it's always good to go back and revisit things and say, so why do we say right. that this is the way this is? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Because the Word of God reveals these aspects. These this uh, and, and so you're trying to, I mean, theology is simply the study of God. And, and so you're... Um, theology informs our faith. It is not our faith. We know our faith is not in theology. It, theology can be flawed, but it does inform our faith. And so we, uh, so we're looking to the studying what the scripture says and trying to come up with something that I can believe this and it not uh, diminish or take away from or exclude mm. something else that I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's called systematic theology when you simply go through systematically and look at the things and how these things line up. Like, I believe this because these scriptures support it and there's no, and while this scripture may look like it is, it, I can believe both these things at the same time. And, uh, and, and, and it's a, there's a tension that is created in God's word of, of how can these things be um, true. You know, it's and he like, made it that way. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, how, yeah. It's, so you have to appreciate the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is hard to put these things yeah. into a way that we understand because, but it's possible to believe them and not, not be paradoxical. Yeah. Meaning, right. meaning I believe something and this can't, a rational person can't believe these two things yeah. to be true at the same time. Like it can't be, uh, liquid and solid simultaneously it can't be black and white. You know, it's it's one or the other, uh, and some things. But there are some things we can believe and know and understand that yes, there can be three persons and one Godhead. Um, so one God, and and trying to explain that is sometimes difficult. But but thinking about it like this, like there is humanity. Um, and we are all, there's many people who make up humanity, but there is only humanity. We, you know, and, and to understand that God is exclusively God. There is one God. There's no part outside of that. It is, um, that he is God and then manifest himself in three persons, but no one else is God except those three persons. So. <laughs> so. Wow. No, that's a lot taken. No, that was helpful. Yeah. I wow. hope, I hope it's helpful. Yeah, okay. but uh, but all the all the illustrations we come up with, you know, they're imperfect. So yeah. it's just you just go with what you got. Hmm. So anyway, thanks, man. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. We've just, uh, I so much love. I'm so excited. Special guest next week. I'm 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 excited. Do I know this person? Yes, you do. First time, her first time on the podcast, and she was reluctant, <sighs> but she's coming. Uh, so I'm excited about her being on the podcast, and so uh, college student. So yeah, it's exciting. Um, yes. Ah, uh, you all know her. So anyway, I'll tell you later. But it's a surprise for you guys. So anyway, Ooh. Um, that's it. Join us next time. Understanding Jesus.